Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City, and on today's episode, it is the off season, so we will not be leading with the Chiefs anymore. It's the first time that we haven't been leading off with the Chiefs, probably since August, but we will not be leading off with them. It is March, and that means it is time for some March Madness previewing. We're going to break down some stuff, go over Mizzou, uh, their potential matchups, probably hit on KUK State, although John is not here today. I'm joined by just Josh. We're going to talk about the NBA Post-All-Star break, it's heating up. We're going to talk about the Royals, spring training, the MLB's new rules. Uh, of course, we'll do race for the 10 and D4 of the week, and we'll call it a day. Josh, how are you doing? I am doing splendid. When this releases, I'll be officially a, an adult. Not officially an adult. I'm already a fucking adult. I'll be officially of age. Yes, um, that is true. Happy early birthday, you fuck. Um, Appreciate it. Don't have too much fun but, no, uh, I'm doing good. You know, sports are heating up. The last two weeks have sucked, but we all know that happens. But when we get to that first day of March, college basketball just goes to a brand new level. It's insane. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, looking forward to it. I think college basketball kind of knew like, they had the platform now because last week's college basketball was just batshit crazy. You had the Arizona State half-court buzzer beater win. You had Iowa. Funny as hell. Is their head coach's name Fran McCaffrey? Is that what his name Fran is? Fran McCaffrey, yes. Scaring down an official. Can't believe he did not get a technical. They come back from down double digits with like a minute left and win in overtime. Um, Michigan hit a buzzer beater. It's just been – it's getting insane. It's March. This is exactly what we come to watch. But if you listen to the podcast and you know us, you know we're a Mizzou podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and Mizzou went 2-0 last week and got a big win over Mrs. – jeez, got the hiccups – Got a big win. Got a big win over. Yeah, Mississippi State. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get you there. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, because I got the hiccups. Uh, yeah, Mizzou got a win over Mississippi State. It was back and forth. It was a big needed uh victory. Mizzou still is one of the five teams with a non quad one loss. So that is something to look yeah. forward. To. Or yeah, non quad one loss, right? Or no, they have. Not I don't know lost what the... a, to a team that's not. They don't have a loss to a team that's not a quad one team. That's what it is. They they haven't lost to a. A quad really two, good team. Quad three. Yeah. They've only lost to good teams. Yes, that's what we're trying to get to. And if we would have lost to Mississippi State, I don't know if that what that would have been qualified oh, as. We already lost to Mississippi State, so true. But it being at home. But no, regardless, we I think everyone in that arena kind of realized like, all right, it's kind of a make or break point for our season because if we win this, we can afford to hiccup, have a hiccup in the SEC tournament. But if we lose this, we need to win out and we need to win a game in the SEC tournament. And Nick Honor uh, went off. They got us the victory. Uh, Mizzou proves to twenty-one and eight with a very good road win against Georgia. Yep. So yeah, the, now we think we'll shoot it tonight. I think, or that's tomorrow night, isn't it? Or I'll, well, it'll be I, tonight I, when this comes yes. out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, I think we talked about the Mississippi State win, and that was a big win. Um, but I think beating Georgia on the road by the margin that Mizzou did. Kind of that solidified during the tournament. I don't think I would have to agree. I don't think even if they were to lose the next three, they would miss the tournament. They would probably fall to an eleven or a ten, but I don't think they would miss the tournament. Uh, right now, Lenardi has them as an eight, which is pretty good. Feels like every damn year Mizzou makes it these days. They're either an eight or a nine. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this because I've thought about this heavily. Would you rather be a ten than an eight or a nine? Because I would. I'd rather be a ten or a seven. Yeah, honestly, I would. Um, I, I don't know what we can do to improve to get to a seven. That's the only problem. 
We could follow. I know what we can do. <laughs> I know what we can do to fall to a ten. Don't get me wrong there. Yeah, I think. In all honesty, it's kind of a weird situation, right? Like, I think being a ten or a seven is obvious. Is just inherently better because you get to play the two seed if you win, rather than the one seed. Which this year's one seeds, Alabama. Right now, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue are what Lenardi has. Um, Mizzou would stand no chance against any of those four teams. But if you look at this year's two seeds, uh, Texas, Baylor, UCLA, and Kansas State. Could Mizzou win one of those? Could they beat one of those teams? I think that they could eke out a win against one. They probably won't, but they could. It just opens up the door. And you kind of look at it like I just feel like eight nines, I, I, I don't really, but like listen to the eight nines right now. Iowa, NC State, Texas A&M, Illinois, Missouri, Rutgers, and Arkansas, Pittsburgh. Those are all pretty damn good teams to be completely honest. Like eight, yeah, nine. I mean, when you're looking when you're looking at the college basketball uh, this year in general, I think it's a very even year. You have your top dogs, but then you have everyone else. Like, apart from Kansas, Bama, Houston, I really think those are the only three dominant teams we have this year. Everyone else is kind of in the same boat, and anyone can lose any day, which is what makes this year really fun to watch. And Alabama, I mean, obviously there's question marks there with Brandon Miller and all that situation that – I'm not going to get into because I'm not a legal expert, but bad luck for the program right now. And Nate Oates is a dick. Um, but, yeah, you just don't know there. And, I mean, SEC tournament obviously has a lot to go off of. And, obviously, Mizzou's going to want some buys. The, the great thing for Missouri is their last two games are wins in that are their games they should win. You get LSU and Ole Miss. Those are games that you should win. You should head into the tournament. What would that put them at? 24-8? and 23-1. Or 23-8. They're or 21 20, and 8 right now. Okay, so they put them 23 and 8. Um, but you're just looking at the SEC right now. They're kind of Mizzou's kind of gridlocked in the middle of the SEC right now. They're in that. Actually, there's a there's a chance because I I can't tell you who all plays who, but there's actually a chance that Mizzou could get the four seed and get the double buy in the SEC tournament. There's also a ch- yeah. I was gonna say the you're talking about the four seed. There's yeah. Potentially, it's not a great chance, but there's a potentially. If Mizzou does their part, a shot for them to get the three, um, because they're two. I'll take games, the four. <laughs> I know. I'm saying they're two games behind Kentucky, though. They have a better overall record in a head-to-head with Kentucky. Kentucky plays Vanderbilt and at Arkansas. I could see them losing at Arkansas. Vanderbilt, I don't think so. Even though Vanderbilt's already, been playing better of late, so. Or is it at Vanderbilt or Kentucky? Kentucky. Okay, I was gonna say because Vanderbilt already beat Kentucky this year, so I don't. Uh, Kentucky's, Kentucky's definitely playing their best. Kentucky's playing their best basketball of the year, right? Which now. I expected. I mean, they have so yeah. many good freshmen. You expect so, yeah, them to come out being good. Freshmen aren't good at the beginning of the year, but they get really good at the end of the year. And those are you don't want to play Kentucky right now. Yeah, they're dangerous. A uh, and M's pretty damn good as well. Tennessee, yeah, like what you're saying, we could battle for the four there. Having the head to head with them is impressive. They have Arkansas at home and then at Auburn. Very possible. Very possible they slip up in one of those two. And Mizzou would be yeah. the four seed. Mizzou just has to take Which care of their insane. own business. Missouri right now is tied with, <coughs> tied with Auburn but has a better overall record. They are tied with Vanderbilt but have an overall better record and the head-to-head. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like Mizzou should be no worse than like a five or a six. They, oh, yeah. If be, we win, they win. we need. Yeah. I sorry. I I'm just thinking to myself. I wasn't really even trying to say anything, but it's just like Mizzou 
this year we've said Mizzou, wow, this is a different Mizzou team. There's still a very good opportunity for us to be the same Mizzou team we all know. And we could start that by losing one of these two games this week that we should win. And I wouldn't be shocked one bit. And then we're going to hit a cold spell going to the SEC tournament, and it's just going to be a shit March Madness. Like, I'm not... I still have my downside for Mizzou. I'll say yeah. that. The thing is, if they're able to hang on to the five, they only get one bye, but they play the winner of LSU and South Carolina, who they should take. They would have to play Tennessee, and Tennessee is not a team you really want to play. Then they play Tennessee, but you know, and I'll say this: yes, we beat them the four. Fuck. Yeah, if you're able to get the four, you get a double bye. Is it more? Do you think on a resume is it more impressive to get the double bye and lose your first game, or get the single bye, win your first game, lose your second game? Are you saying us get the ah? Uh, so you're saying if we're I'm saying like if we're a five and yeah, we, I, I got what you're saying yeah. now. Um, I would say get definitely if we okay. Whatever happens this week, as long as we win both our games this week, I don't think we can hurt our resume if we lose the first game in the SEC tournament. If that's with a double buy, without, like, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. You know, there's, uh, is it the WCC? Is that what it's called? Have you seen their bracket tournament? They're yeah, called- how Georgia, or, or not Georgia, Gonzaga State. They literally have to win one game to make the conference championship. That's crazy. Pretty sure they have a triple buy, which is <laughs> yeah, never it, heard it, of. It, it is, yeah, that is unbelievable. But, yeah, so that's interesting. Um you watch a lot of college basketball, Josh, so I'll ask you, who's a team flying under the radar right now that you're looking at? I think a team that's getting the respect that they are getting, but the team that deserves more respect is UCLA. I think UCLA's had a very quiet year. They get wins. They get them. They go in. They get out. I think uh, Mick Cronin has this team really good, and I really like them to have a good shot at winning March Madness. Uh, I'll say this, too. With Houston, I don't think it's their year. Houston, yes, they had it. Excuse me, they had a really good non-con schedule. But with all that being said, we're still seeing Houston lose games here and there to their conference opponents, which they should never be doing that in the first place. And we always say, we always ask ourselves, is this Houston's year? And I, to be honest, I just don't see it this year either. I like Houston to make a deep run. I don't know if they'll win it, but I think they're – I'd like to see – I could see them going to the Final Four. It wouldn't shock me. Kevin Sampson's a really good coach, and they, they've kind of beaten that – the fraud allegations where they've consistently done this now. So I'm going to put some respect. on. I'm going to kill. I'm just going to still call them frauds because what are, what have they done within the past? They're like Gonzaga and Gonzaga really hasn't done shit either, but at I least mean, they have St. Mary. Gonzaga has been to a national cha- two national championship games. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Gonzaga is actually, that's not nothing, but Houston, they've made it to one final four in the past, what three, four years, which is something Mizzou hasn't done. Don't get me wrong. But the way that they're being treated as title favorites, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the conference they play in plays a heavy, you know, helps them out a shit ton. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I think they're good. Um, I'd say UCLA, I've been picking them since December to win it all. But, you know, I, I think they need that one seed. I, I shouldn't say I think they yeah. need it, but I think that it would go a long way if they were able to get that they one can seed. Win the... If they can win the Pac-12 tournament, I expect them to get the one seed. Because right now, they'd be playing, uh, they'd be a two, and they'd be playing Gonzaga in the uh, Sweet 16, which is earlier than you want to see a team like Gonzaga. So a yeah, great Final Four rematch. It'd be a, it'd be earlier than you'd want to face them. Um, I like them, and then I think Oral Roberts again. People, yeah, 
are going to fall in love with. People love them just because of the run they went on last time. People don't understand how good this Oral Roberts team actually is, though. They're going to make it. They could make it in as a uh, not an automatic bid team. They probably like, would if they were to lose in the Summit League tournament. They probably would make it as a non-bid or not as an automatic qualifier. They are just so good, and they. I think you know you got to call them personally, Jackson, right? Yeah, I mean I've seen them, and it they are. They got, Max Abrams is him. Max Asmus is him. Um, he is terrible pronunciation of a name. It's spelled Abmus. It's Asmus. I don't know why there's a B in there. Um, they have this. I, I Van Nuver is that his name? The oh god, I'm blanking. It, anyways, the dude is fucking Slenderman on the basketball court. This dude is seven five, transferred from Arkansas. This dude is like the toughest big I've ever watched in person. Like he. Yeah, Connor Vanover. He, this guy is insane. Wait, Connor Vanover? Yeah. The dude from Arkansas? Yeah. He's, is on Oral he's, Roberts? He's on Oral Roberts, yes. Oh, fuck me. I don't want to watch Oral Roberts anymore. Yeah, Oral Roberts is going to be a, I'm telling you, Oral Roberts is going to be a fucking problem this year. Whoever they get up against, that 5-12, everyone loves picking. Every year, a 12 beats a 5. Uh, I, I would bet Oral Roberts, if they're a 12, is going to take care of whoever they face as a 5. I mean, to be honest, too, Oral Roberts right now is kind of getting the treatment UAB did with Jelly Walker, and we saw them just get throttled by, yeah, I think it was I mean, whenever like, you, Yeah, whenever you expect a team that, you know, a low, a non-Power 5 team, whenever you're like, oh, this team could do it, that's typically not when they do it. It's typically the team like uh, Oral Roberts was two years ago where no one knew who the fuck they were, and they just went on a crazy-ass run, or like St. Peter's last year. Uh, but no, man, I like this Royal Roberts team a lot. Asmus, honestly, don't think it's even blasphemous to say he's a top ten point guard in college basketball. The guy is tough as fuck. He is so good. Yeah, I think uh, Vanover, just they they've got unbelievable. <laughs> they are stacked, bro. Like I know I bias because I've seen them play in person and I've you know followed them all season long. But good God, I mean that team they didn't lose a conference game this year and. Like they, it's not like they played nobody. They, they took St. Mary's to overtime. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, they're getting votes to be ranked in the top 25, they, and probably, in a league where they probably everyone's probably a quad four. They probably should be in the top 25. If we're being honest, I mean they are damn good, and it'll be interesting to see. However, last year I was like this with South Dakota State. They went undefeated in the Summit League. <laughs> yeah. Now, difference was, is they were a 13, and I think that there is a big difference between being a 13 and a 12. You like I said, with this year, this year in college basketball, it's very balanced. Yeah, so. I, I think there's a big difference between being a, facing a 4 and a 5. We, we've seen throughout the history of the tournament that 5 seeds are more fraudulent than 4 seeds, typically. Yeah, I... I would have to agree. You don't see as many 13 seeds beating four seeds. That's yeah, for sure. It, 12 fives are pretty common. 13 fours are, you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I like them as a team. If you're looking for somebody to pick for an upset or something, uh, there's, but like you said, this is going to be an interesting year because I feel like there's a lot of, it's, there's some top heavy teams for sure. I think there's like the top five, six teams in college basketball are in a league of their own right now. And, but the rest of the field is wide, wide open. I'll say this to end it, unless we have more to talk about. But since 2002, the national championship has been a top 22 in Ken Palm's offense and a top 40 in Ken Palm's defense. Six teams fit that glue. Kansas, Houston, Bama, UCLA, Creighton, and UConn. 
So Creighton, Creighton's not doing it, so you can X them out. Um, yeah, but still, 20 years in a row that's happened, so it's not like I'm just coming up with no, the sound I mean, that's, of my ass. That's, yeah, I mean, there, there are statistical things like that that are like, but again, those things are meant to be broken. Like like we talked about, nine straight league MVPs had lost the Super Bowl. And, and eight it, straight teams that won the coin yeah, toss lost the Super Bowl. You know, streaks are meant to be broken, so, you know, it's... Yeah, it, it's that's for sure, but... It, if you don't know what you're doing and you want to bet March Madness, there's some favorites for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's dive into the NBA because why not? Let's just stay on some basketball. This is about the time of year we're going to start talking more and more about the NBA now that it's post-All-Star break and teams give I, a shit. I got to be honest. I kind of like it because this is the first year since the podcast began that like I actually care about. This is the NBA first year of your fucking life that you've even had something to care about past the All-Star break. I, like, fucking past January for yeah. I mean, you you are living large, my friend, and uh, oh, it's awesome. You know, I don't think the Kings have any chance at making it to the finals, but I don't think oh, no. I don't think you think that, so it doesn't really matter. Um, no, I'll ask you right now though, who is as we sit here, beginning of March, who is your title favorite? It's pretty fucking easy. I I, I think I know who you're gonna say. Phoenix Suns. Oh, okay. That's not who I thought you were going to say. Did you, did you think I was going to say the Bucks or Celtics? I thought you were going to say Boston. See, I really do like Boston. They're a very, very good fucking team. But KD, DeAndre, Booker, Chris Paul. The thing about that is, and this might not matter, but it has before. I remember when Durant went to the Warriors, right? And it took them a couple months to get comfortable with each other. And when LeBron yeah. went to the Heat and when he went to the Cavs, it took them a couple months to get comfortable together. Well, the Suns don't ne- necessarily have the luxury of that. They're going to need to be able to glue, and they're going to be able to need to get uh, chemistry really, really quick. Because Well, both- let me counter that part. The Suns made the finals without Kevin Durant already. They, they don't did. need Not it. last year, though. Not last year, but they also didn't they have a shit ton of injuries. That was a that was a year where there was a shit ton of injuries, yes. But uh, you know they have. You're right. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think that's that was also with McCall uh, or not McCall Mikal Bridges. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think there's. Um, let me let me let me calculate this in my head really quick. I'll say there's two teams in the East. I think that can win the finals. I don't believe in anybody outside of Milwaukee and Boston. I, I agree. Philly's a fraudulent team. Cleveland's a fraudulent team. As much as I love my Heat, they're having a bad year. Um, the West, there's. I think Denver's a serious title contender. I really do. No, no, I no do. Chance. I do. Uh, if Jamal Murray can come back to what prime Jamal Murray was before he got hurt, then I would maybe agree with that statement. But I don't, I don't know, man. Know. I they're they're deep, man. Jokic is going to win probably his third MVP in a row. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., as much as I hate the fucker, he's playing well. Um, you're right about Jamal Murray, but I don't think he's playing that bad. And then, man, I don't know. I feel like they've got, I've got, I feel like they've got the best core that they've had. Uh, I think they have a shot. Phoenix has a shot. Golden State, I don't care about their record. They have a shot. And... Yeah, you said, what about Dallas? No. Okay. I don't think Dallas has a shot. All I'm saying is the playoffs this year in the Western Conference are going to be fucking insane. I'll go out as far as to say this. Dallas and the Lakers, neither of them will make it out of the first round. 
I well, really don't. More than likely, one of them are playing us. So I, I don't believe either of them will make it out of the first round. I really Whoever don't. plays the Kings in the first round, if the Kings make it, because we all know shit can still go wrong. Yeah. The West is very, very tight. Like literally from the three to the third, the ten seed, it's a six game gap. I know that might seem a lot in the NBA, but I've seen the Kings lose thirteen of fourteen. Like anything's possible. So I, I literally have five teams right now. I promise you, I promise you this. One of these five teams will win the championship. It'll either be the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Warriors, or the Suns. It'll be one of those five. I don't think either. I don't buy Memphis. I, I like Morant, either. but it's a lot of talk, not a lot of doing. It's, what does the Timberwolves get going? You know, they're interesting. I think they're pretty mediocre, unfortunately. I really believed in the Pelicans earlier this year, but Zion, ever since he's been out, they've been bad. And Is he going to be out? I have no idea, bro. And then the Lakers were intriguing. You know what sucks is if the Lakers would have dealt Westbrook in the offseason and started this year without him, I bet the Lakers are probably healthily in the playoffs. Like, ever since they've traded him, they've looked so much better. And it's because you have to surround LeBron with shooters and wings, and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt fit that role. And, you know, it's just dumb that they waited so long to do it, and now LeBron's hurt. They probably... I, I think, honestly, this is probably one of, if not the biggest 20-game stretches of Anthony Davis's career. I think yeah. now that LeBron is but, hurt, legacy-wise, Anthony Davis, this is the first time that it's his team. Or, I guess it was in New Orleans, but this is this is his team. If he can't get them into the plan, at least, I feel like that that, that hurts. his That stains. As long team. as they can get in the plan, the Lakers are going to make it. They just have to. They, they're good enough, but the LeBron injury, just it, being out multiple weeks, there's just not a lot of time left. Yes. Um, we kind of already did race for the 10th seed. <laughs> I mean, through all the talking yeah, we did. We really did. I mean, it's really no big deal. The standings really are at a standstill. Yeah, I haven't moved but much. There's not you, a lot of, you, you know. What you not- have to realize is when the season goes final, the regular season goes final, the Kings are in. We're done. Like, there's yeah, no it's more over. race. It's over. It's yeah, over. The, the segment will be over. Like, um, it's gone. And you you can't say it'll come back. It won't. It just won't. No. Um, unless they – I'll say this, Josh. If they go on after this year, if they go on a – if they go back-to-back seasons without making the playoffs, you have to bring it back. We're doing the podcast still in three years, I'll do it. Okay. Because that's pretty much what you're saying. I'm saying but, no. I'm saying if they miss the playoffs the next two years after this year, yeah, then you that's have to pretty bring much it back. Three years, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You probably would want to at that point. It'd probably be like a psychological thing. You'd. I'll say it. this: if we can win one round in the playoffs and show promise, I think we could bring in someone in the free agency and hopefully make this team better. Well, getting rid of Harrison Barnes will help. <laughs> I mean, you don't think you really need him anymore. He's just we don't a, need him if we want to sign him to a minimum contract. Not minimum, but like a way lower contract, yeah, yeah. not a max. Uh, let me ask you, it. Josh. Uh, you are, it's, I think it's about a year a little more removed. How do you feel about the Tyrese Sabonis trade a year later? Uh, that was one of the lowest days of my life. I ever remember. We traded him. I remember. I thought we were the dumbest franchise in sports history. And I tried to tell myself this Sabonis trade was going to be good. Even though he's his contract's up this year, I was like he's gone. But we're gonna we're gonna do fine. We were shit last year, and then we got the 
third overall pick in the lottery. I was like, okay, we have a chance. Or we got the fourth. Whatever. Yeah. Like, we have a chance. We got Keegan Murray. And then we, when we hired Mike Brown, I was like, okay, I like this. He's coming from the Warriors. Warriors know how to score. So did the Kings before him. Hopefully he can manage that because fuck all, we, we don't have defense. Mm-hmm. Here comes DeMontis Sabonis. Leads the league in rebounding. Leads the league in double-doubles. Like, the man's been an outstanding piece for this Kings team. It depends on what we can do with him in the playoffs. Because right now, the P- Pacers aren't shit. True. And, but Tyrese Halliburton's going off. He's an all-star. Like, I knew his time was going to come. It was either Tyrese or De'Aaron getting traded last year. And we traded Tyrese, and looking back at it, it wasn't a pick, that, uh, or it wasn't a uh, trade that I really enjoyed. I, to be honest, I wanted De'Aaron gone more than Tyrese. But wow. this year, De'Aaron's made me change my mind. I feel like De'Aaron's like the heart and soul of that team right now. I feel like... Oh, he is. No, don't get me wrong. Like, like people say, this is a rare trade. It's a win-win trade. I don't think either teams got worse, and I think both teams got better. I just think back to like, it. What if, what if the Lakers took Fox instead of De'Aaron? Or what? Yeah, what if they took? Be a Lakers fan, and I would have experienced an NBA championship. What if they took Fox instead of uh, Lonzo that year? (laughs) Because they would be in a dynasty. Because Fox was better than than Lonzo. To be completely honest, when they went head to head, Fox beat his ass in college. So it's just fun. It's funny to think back to that and be like, I wonder what would have happened if. I don't know. You want to know the first, like, the first real year where I was like, all right, I'm watching this team as hard as possible. You want to know what their fucking lineup was? Because <laughs> it's holy shit, has it changed? Oh, I bet. I wish. Here it is. The first game I really remember watching for the Kings was Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings, Nimenya, but. Nimenia Belitsa, fuck, yeah, how are you pronouncing his name? He was on my, the Heat for a little bit. Yeah, he was. Uh, fuck, I can't find it. But yeah, it was a bunch of I rem- yeah. Uh, here, I'll just pull up a random year. Or I, re- I remember this game. This was, the game. this was the game we beat the same day we beat the Vikings with Chad or Matt Moore. Oh, okay. Here's our starting fucking lineup: Buddy Hugh, Harrison Barnes, Nimenia Belitsa, Rashawn Holmes, and fucking Corey Joseph. So one one man remains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coming off the bench was Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah, that, it was a weird time. It's funny on this podcast, we really have three different franchises that we like. We have yours, who are just historically awful, have been awful for the entire time we've been doing this. We have John's, who the Clippers, who are just like the biggest tease in sports. They should be good every year, and they're not. Uh, they've never won it. Not the Kings or... Yeah, the the Kings and Clippers have never won a championship. Have the Kings? No. Or yeah, they more than won. Okay. When they were like the Rochester Kings. Oh, okay. And then and then there's mine, which you know I, I bandwagoned and everything, sure. But the Heat, who are consistently good, and you know they they actually haven't won a title in a decade. But you know this the. I'm not going to complain too hard about that. Like this year, the the Heat are. Fact, we haven't made the fucking playoffs in almost two decades. Yeah, like I don't want to hear your. Yeah, that's what I said. Like the Heat are 33 and 29, and I'm like disappointed in that. And if you, I would have told you the Kings would have been 33 and 29 coming into the year, you would have been pretty. You would have taken that. So yeah, I mean it's, it's just funny. We're on three different, completely, three completely different uh, levels. And I'll say this: I was laughed at when I said Mike Brown coach of the year. 
He has to be the favorite. He has to be the favorite to win coach of the year. He probably is going to win coach of the year. I mean, to get the Kings to the playoffs, whichever coach was going to do that was going to win coach of the year. And he's going to do that. So you're good for him. You know, you were right. Um, But I was just, you know, was used to laughing at the Kings. And I normally every decision they made was. Don't get me wrong. We're going to do some fuckery shit in the playoffs or in the offseason. I'm I'm just taking this all in, knowing this will probably be the one time I see the Kings in the playoffs. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but, you know. We can become the next Suns where it's like you didn't expect them to, and they came out of nowhere and look at them. Like, now they're making the playoffs every year. I hope we can be that next team. Yep. Um, well, speaking of us being on different levels and speaking of you being in the shit level of an NBA team, let's go to the team that we're all on the shit level together with, the Kansas City Royals. They are... Underway in spring training, they're four and one. Who gives a shit? Record doesn't matter um, at all. Not a lot has happened. Spring training so many times. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like their specialty, and then they'll do good like opening weekend, and you're like, oh shit, and then it goes downhill, and the season's over by Memorial Day. Um, what What are you thinking as we're getting closer to the season? Because we are when this episode comes out, we will be um, exactly 28 days. 28 days away from opening day. Uh, I'm really not expecting much. I'm not either. And I feel like we're in the minority here. Because I've heard people around town really, really excited about this season. Why? What the fuck do we have to offer? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's that's what I say to them. And they're like, we have some young talent. I'm like, yeah, we do. We also have a horrific pitching staff. And, like, I know you haven't paid much attention to spring training. I don't think Jackson Coar makes it to the end of the year on the team. I honestly just don't. He is one of – he actually has a case. And I'm not saying this to be personal against him or I'm not trying to come at him, but it just it's just the facts. He might be the worst pitcher to ever play in Major League Baseball. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I'll never forget when me, you, and John went to B-dubs and I was like, guys, Coors pitching. This is our future. And the man allowed yep. a grand slam and a two-run home run. Since then, it's been fucking downhill. That wasn't even a real fucking game either. That was, uh, that was, um, what's, what do you call it? Before the COVID year, that was in the COVID year, and they were playing like... That was an exhibition. Yeah, they, that wasn't even real. Like, this motherfucker has a career ERA of 10.76 in, not, and yeah, that's bad, but like, sometimes people have that in like three innings. This fucker has that in 46 innings. And yesterday, didn't we hire? Uh, didn't we hire the Guardians like assistant bullpen coach? Uh, yeah, someone like that. Yeah. I mean, okay, and I'll say this: I have hope for him. I no, really no, do. No, no. Well, here's the problem: is I was getting at is he got fucking shelled yesterday, which it's early in oh. spring, but he got fucking shelled again. He, <laughs> I just have no hope for the guy. I really just don't. I just I can't believe we wasted a fucking top three draft pick on him. Not top three rounds. Top two. We, he was our second pick in that draft. Yep, that's some bullshit. We took Lynch after him. Like, oh my gosh. Thank goodness Dayton Moore is out of here because that is abysmal. Um, I mean, his bitch is literally the GM, so I'm really not looking forward to this year. Yeah, either. I mean, that 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 is the thing. Like, people are so fucking excited about that, and I'm like, um... Dayton Moore taught him everything he knows. I'm like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at another 90-plus loss season, to be completely honest. I know that's not what people want to fucking hear on here. I know that's not what Royals fans want to listen to. But the thing I'm worried about is 
this past three years, we've had, we were like, dude, just wait till Bobby gets up here. Wait till Nikki gets up here. Wait till Brady gets up here. They're all, they're all up here. What the fuck do we look forward to now? Gavin Cross. I mean, oh, fuck yeah, me. we, have, we have one of the worst farm systems in baseball now. I mean, it, it's truthfully one of the bottom five. Um, really, because Asa Lacey hasn't worked out, Mazzucato oh, was, was never really a top prospect. He's in, He has one in our system. Really, your guys in the minor leagues right now to watch out for are Nick Lofton, who will probably be in the majors this year at some point, and Gavin Cross, who won't be in the majors for another year or two. So, yeah, the the, the minor league system is not good right now. It's just it's struggling, which in, it really makes no sense when you consider all the pieces we've traded over the last few years for minor league pieces. Uh, just just awful, awful running of a franchise. Yeah, it's. It's concerning. Like, whenever we had Moose and all of them come up, it was like, okay, we know we they'll they'll turn out to be something. I don't know what the fuck this year's about to look like. Well, that's some revisionist history because that was not the feeling around Kansas City when they came up. They it, it was a similar excitement, but people really like Hosmer had a bad year. Moustakis got sent back down. I don't think people remember yeah. that in 2014, the year yeah. he went to the world. Like he got sent down in that season. Um, so you know. I will defend the Royals on that, and I'll def- I'll just say like it wasn't all peachy and you know perfect the first time this happened, but um, yeah, I mean I kind of agree with you though. This one just feels less optimistic because you have no pitching, you just have nothing to like. Singer and Lynch are the only two young pitchers that I trust going forward. And I don't. I mean, Brad Keller not young, but it's, I don't trust. I don't him, trust though. Brad Keller. Like <laughs> like I don't know, and it's mostly Cal Eldred's fault. It's mostly the brain dead staff that we had that weren't using analytics and they didn't really know what the hell they were doing. Um, and it probably ruined a good amount of draft picks, good amount of pitching prospects because like Jackson Kowar won minor league pitcher of the year came up here and just got shelled terribly. I don't get how that happens. I just, I know there's a gap between AAA and the majors. I get it, but that feels like a pretty substantial gap. And I'm just glad we have a new coaching staff. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you got to give them a. I'm gonna. You got to give the coaching staff a year, two years, or three. Yeah. But you don't have to give. I'll say this. I think we've talked about this on the show before. You don't have to give JJ Picolio uh, as long as a leash as you would give a normal new hire. We'd have to agree because technically he has been the GM for two years. Yeah, so he doesn't need as long as a leash as some of like if it were an out of if it was a guy we were hiring from out of house. You know, I'm, yeah, if that makes sense. No, it does, and I really do like our manager, Matt. Well, how do you pronounce it? Matt Quatrero. Matt Quatrero, I really enjoy. I really hope our pitching can improve. Like even the minimum improvement just gives me some type of hope. You know, that we can somehow make this a 85 loss season. I would call this like a miracle on the diamond. Yeah, um, I said we were talking about this, so let's talk about it. Baseball has a couple new rules this year, and this will be the last thing we talk about today. Uh, Fucking hate them. Yeah, well, we're going to break them down by one by one. One's the pitch clock. Two is the bigger bases, which I don't have a much – I don't think we'll have much of an opinion on. Uh, three is the sh- banning of the shift, and I think that's it. Am I missing one? Uh I mean, you can't use position players in, like, the ninth inning oh, anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw that. You can't use position players until the ninth inning. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about the one that's probably getting 
the most controversy right now, which is the pitch clock. I don't personally like it. What about you, John? I hate it. I hate it. It rushes the pitchers. It doesn't let them get their right techniques. Like, oh, I just hate it. There's no fucking reason for it. I hate how fast it looks. Like, I hate how people obviously were like, well, we want to speed up the game. Well, baseball's meant to be a slow game. Enjoy it for fuck's sake. My thing is, like, when I go out to the ballpark, right, and I'm crushing beers and I'm eating hot dogs, I don't want to be rushed out of there, right? Like, I don't want it to go fast. I want to enjoy That's, myself. Yes, I agree. I want to sit down and enjoy myself and fucking relax and watch a baseball game. And what's fun about baseball that's different than other sports is that it's not nonstop action. Whereas soccer and basketball and, you know, football to a degree and hockey, like, those don't stop. You can't take your eye off the TV. You can't, you know, look t- look at your phone. You can't do that. And that and that's that's good in its own right. But what I like about baseball is like you can relax and watch the game. It's it's meant to be a laid back enjoyment. You're supposed to just walk. It's not supposed. Now I will say, within the rule, I like how they limited the amount of pickoffs you can do per at bat. That I think. Oh, I didn't know that. That is good. You can only throw to first or whatever base it is three times in an at bat, which I think is a positive step. That should I mean, it gives a really big advantage to the base runner, though, if they know that the pitcher can't throw to them. Exactly. That's why you wouldn't waste your three. You would use them strategically, um, which would inherently, you know, it's just not going to happen as much. The point, I like that, but yeah, the rushing, and I'm not even, I guess, anti-pitch clock. I think 15 seconds is just too too soon. It's too fast. Make it 25. Yeah, I think if you made it 25, you know, because we'd go to games the last few years and there'd be a clock, but it was never enforced. And, man, through spring training, they're enforcing. Like, did you see that game that ended on? Oh, and the hitters, the batters, we didn't even, you didn't even mention that. Uh, how the batters can get called for strikes if they take too long. Like, yeah, bro, yeah, they, give them game. a fucking second. Rob Manfred, you're ruining the sport. People are like, I don't like them getting out of the box. Or I'm like, I don't fucking mind them getting out of the box. Like, I like, I'm a traditionalist maybe, but I like having a pitch, going out of the box, taking a practice swing, coming back in. I I don't mind that. I don't know if pe- I don't know if that's something that people are bad about, but I haven't heard that as a complaint. I personally don't mind that. I like that element of the game. I like the, you know, it's bullshit, man. Every pitcher has a different windup. How are you going to give them the same exact time? Every single pitcher. Because not one, not every single pitcher is the exact same. Uh, you know, Johnny Cueto's crazy windup isn't going to be the same as a guy who just gears it up and throws it immediately. Or like Kershaw's. Kershaw's fucking windup takes forever. Yeah. And I think I think the rule is not when the pitch is thrown; it's when the windup begins. But like, I don't I don't know. It, it is just a mess. I don't like that part of it. We've probably talked about this one before. The shift, the banning of the shift. I don't like this one either. Uh, I'm not against it. To be honest, I don't know why, but I don't mind it. I it just makes it feel better, more natural to me. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm saying though. Is like, okay, look, you. It kind of contradicts the point of trying to make the game go by quicker, right? If you wanted the game to go by quicker, wouldn't the shift help that? Because it would lead to less base runners, less hits, less runs, like less, you know, pitching changes, right? Like, it just feels like a complete contradiction. 
How do you want more? I, I guess the MLB's entire thing is they just want more action. They want less time where the ball is not in play, which I get. But I it's like eliminating a double team in basketball. You're penalizing a team for using data and being smart. Yeah. I mean, the game, dude, was invented for people to, that didn't use data. It was invented just to fucking have fun. Like, I'm starting to not like baseball because people are getting too analytical with it, and I think you can use it to make your team better. Better, But it's like, just enjoy what the game was meant to be for, you know? That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I don't like people being rushed. I, like, just let people do what they want to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's. it's going to be interesting. This year is going to be weird. I do like the bigger bases. That's the one move I do like. You can't even really tell a difference. Uh, I don't think you can tell one from a viewing standpoint, but, you know, people, I've always thought it was dumb that you could, you know, steal the base, but you slid too far. Or, like, because the base is so fucking tiny and you're going so fast, it's, it can be hard to keep your hand on it or your foot on it or whatever. So I think, and, and it's just like, fuck, it, you could block the base with your foot before. This just gives you a little more room. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with D4 of the week before we <coughs> excuse me, sign off. Um, and then, yeah, next week will be probably a lot of March Madness talk. Uh, next week we'll have conference tournaments to preview. Um, my D4 of the week is going to be spring training baseball. Uh, Orioles, Pirates are playing in the top of the ninth. I guess if you are winning by three or more runs, the umps can just quit. And that's what they did. But the so fuck the umps. Let the guys play the bottom of the ninth. The Orioles yeah. and Pirates played with no umpires in the bottom of the ninth. How'd it go? Uh, the pitcher or the catcher was calling balls and strikes, and from the clip I saw, there was no arguments. Would have been fucking hilarious if a brawl would have brought or broken out. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, what would they have done? I mean, the, that, oh, those umpires would have been fired. Yeah, yeah, that that was funny. I was like. That that picture of I think it was I don't know which team, but that picture that picture of the guy throwing a pitch to the batter and there's just no one back there, shit was hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think, man. I don't know if I have a great D four of the week, but I I guess I will. Um, I'll go I know, with people. There's not really anything. I will go with me. I will nominate oh. myself for D four of the week. Um, That's the first because. I am making a critical mistake while evaluating this year's quarterbacks again. And oh I told myself I fucking wouldn't. And I'm doing it. And I'm trying not to do it anymore. But I am really starting to like Anthony Richardson. And I can't help it. And I'm starting to like who? You cut out for me. Anthony Richardson. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Dude, that dude's a boss. I mean, I don't want to like him. But... Did you see his odds to be the number one pick? Did you see how yeah, high I they can't sky- wait. I can't wait for a team to be fucked over. Did you see going, how high dude. they skyrocketed? They went from like yeah, 100 to 1 to like 8 to 1. Decrease in half, right? Oh, it went from it went from 100 to 1 to 8 to 1. Oh, fuck, okay. Well, like, yeah, that's like he's basically like that that's saying like there is something within That's when they, when a book moves like that, somebody with credible information knows something. They know yeah. that doesn't just happen. That's not just from people betting. That is from like, oh shit, this guy knows something. We need to adjust the line before it becomes public information. 
So that's one thing. And then, yeah, I will say I still hate Will Levis, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, he also puts mayonnaise in his coffee, so he can get D4 yeah, of the week, too, weird. for that. That's fucking weird. Um, but, yeah, I will give myself D4 of the week because I'm starting to like Anthony Richardson. I still have him as QB3, and I don't think that's egregious, to be completely honest. Not terrible. I have Young and Stroud ahead of him still. But would I spend a, a mid to late first-round pick on Anthony Richardson? I might take a flyer. If I'm a team like Seattle who has multiple first-round picks, yeah, I'd think about it. Uh, that's probably and I, I, I but I'd be fired by now because I took Zach Wilson so uh, never, it doesn't matter but yeah that'll go ahead and wrap up this week's episode thanks everybody for listening thanks for the feedback we've been getting lately the listenership thanks for hanging with us throughout the football season and looking forward to this off season and you know draft coverage and royal like it's all gonna get going we're in like a two or three week dead period right now of sports just kind of not really being you know nothing great nothing huge going on but whenever the the big time hits we will be ready and ready to go so yeah we'll see y'all next week